Hello, besties. How are you all? Uh, there's a lot to talk about. There is plenty of Bravo to talk about. And we are going to have a special quick rundown um, recap of our favorite show from the last week. We had the Winter House. We have Salt Lake City, uh, Potomac, and Family Karma. So, uh, bestie, like I always say, grab your drink, sit back. And let's spill some tea. Um, I'm grabbing my phone because there's so much to talk about, you guys. I feel like this week, each one of these shows has a particular topic that we want to talk about. Let's start with Winter House. Winter House is one of my favorite shows right now on Bravo because it's just mindless TV with a bunch of grown-ups, because they're not teenagers, they're not in their 20s, they are, I think the youngest one is like in the late 20s, and go all the way to like close to 40, and they're having the best life. They're going out and about every single night, drinking in Vermont, enjoying the winter and the beauty of the mountains in Vermont. But in the last episode, there were a couple of things that I'm still trying to process because I don't think it's very um, kind to talk about people's uh, look. And I'm talking about Lindsay and Jessica's situation. I know that um, Jessica has had a rocky, uh, a very rocky <laughs> Uh, stay stay at the winter house, but this time around, I'm not on her side. I've been on her side before. Uh, when she sat down with Luke and they had that conversation where she uh, let him know how she felt when he was being too close and and too touch with her, uh, I appreciated that because it's important for women to you know to set their boundaries and let the guys know like, hey. Stop touching me. It's not okay. Uh, I'm not giving you permission, so you're not allowed to do that. So that was okay. And Luke handled it just fine. He 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 got mixed signals. He thought that they were going places, and they were not. And now Jessica is uh, really interested on the guy with the pearls. What's his... Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember his name because he has barely made any impact on me. The only impact that I have so far is like allegedly he has an 11 inch dick. And I'm trying to figure that out if it's true or not. <laughs> so, yes, my biggest issue with, um, with what's happening right now is the fact that they don't have the right to talk about Lindsay's look. I don't appreciate that. I don't appreciate the fact that she said that it's kind of embarrassing to be compared to her, that she looked like old. She looked like, uh, so no, I'm not here for that. And I'm not trying to, to make that happen. And, you know, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem okay. Corey, yes, Corey. I just came to my mind. I was trying to figure it out. Corey is the guy with the 11-inch uh, deck who acts like a teenager, talking about the game, talking about how he played with the girls, like, you know, trying to be, like, hard to get and what's not. And that is working with Jessica. But 
I'm not liking the fact that Jessica made those comments. And Carl also inserting herself himself into the conversation. Like, dude, like, don't talk about women's look. Do not do that. It's embarrassing. You are a grown-ass man talking about how Lindsay looks. I'm team Lindsay on this one. Um, but now the Lindsay is in the house. Austin also dropped a huge bomb on us. And I'm still shocked about it just because he said that he didn't want to talk about it in the first place. So why are you mentioning it to someone else on national TV expecting this not to become a big issue when supposedly you are offered Lindsay, you are in a, uh, you know, moving, you know, you're moving on, she's moving on. Like, why are you bringing this up? And, you know, you have the past with Sierra. So it makes you look a lot like a douche. Like, honestly, like when he mentioned the, the Lindsay grabbed his dick or, you know, something along those lines, like, okay, so why is that even important? And the fact that Amanda is acting as like um, Nancy Drew trying to put the dates together and the editor just being messy with the editing and making it look like it's this huge, like, like, I don't know, like, like mystery that we need to solve. Like she's playing like Scooby-Doo trying to figure out like, like who's the bad guy or what's not in this situation. But I don't get it. I do not understand why it's so important to know the day that Lindsay grabbed Austin Dick allegedly. And um, obviously they, uh, it doesn't have anything to do with Lindsay's relationship. Like not at all. I mean, am I wrong? If you have any input in this one, if you're watching Winter House, I would like to know your comment on this. If you are watching live right now, I don't know if you're watching or not. Uh, I'm going to check on my Twitter too. Uh, I want to know how you feel about this um, big issue with the date and the look. I honestly am Team Lindsay on both sides of this uh, conversation. I'm Team Lindsay on the look and the look part, and I'm Team uh, Lindsay with the Austin. I do not understand why Austin had to talk about Lindsay and grabbing his cock. You know, I'm mean, sorry. I mean, whatever. Uh, but it's not important. That's an information that it was not vital, and it's going to cause a big issue in the Winter House house because... Now we have a layer of drama that it was not necessary because, you know, Lindsay moved on. Is it just me that doesn't think that the whole dates and was not, it's not important. If you think this is a big deal, please leave a comment with your input on the winter house and the Lindsay of it all. We also saw some really fun moments with like the ice skating. I love winter house for that reason it's so mindless i enjoy just watching the getting drunk being stupid you know chorus 11 inch dick and all this stuff <laughs> it's a great show so if you're not watching it go watch winter house it's on every thursday 9 p.m eastern time on bravo tv so that is like a good break from the housewife i'm trying to get everybody to watch shows outside the housewife universe because honestly there is more to watch there's way more we had we had a great show in the real girlfriends in paris and not that many people watched it because they got bored on the first episode every show needs their time you know give them the opportunity watch winter house i'm gonna talk about family karma at the end because that's the 
you know, that's the latest show that I watched. Um, give it a chance. Especially Family Karma is such a great show and the fa family dynamic is just amazing. So let's move on from Winter House because Winter House was a lot. And now we're going to move to another snowy part of the country in Salt Lake City. I'm still wondering why there is a choir audition. Like, this is so random. Extremely random for a housewife to do. But I'm enjoying the mess. Um, that conversation between Heather and um, Lisa Barlow while the choir was singing in the background was absolutely TV magic because it was so crazy. Salt Lake City is the perfect, perfect, in, yes, the perfect example of a fever dream show. There's so much going on. At the same time, there's nothing going on. That's how crazy it is. The fact that we have Jen Shah, who was going through the criminal process of like, you know, the court proceedings and stuff like that during they were filming season three, and we haven't even talked about it. We are talking about a choir. It's crazy to me. Like nobody's even asking about it. I need somebody to like ruffle some feathers. Like I need, I need some of that juice. I need some of that juice. I need um, somebody to ask Jen Shah about her court proceeding because it was happening as they were filming, and nobody has like um, brought it up. Nobody has uh, you know brought that up, and it doesn't make any sense to me. On the other hand, we have. A, a whole scene with the husbands, which, I mean, I know a lot of people like to watch the husband in, in their dynamics, but, um, and I blame Jersey for this one. We don't watch the housewife for long as husband's scenes. Or am I the only one who feels that way? If you like the husband's scenes, leave me a comment and tell me why, because I'm still trying to figure it out. I know the John uh, Barlow and you know and Seth have their friendship and they are trying to navigate how to preserve that friendship, you know, because their husband, their their wives are fighting, and I'm still wondering why we're still talking about the, the hot mic that happened last season and Lisa has apologized like twenty thousand times. Like, let's move on or let's stop talking about it. I don't care. Yeah, the hot mic was uh, was really like a really bad moment for Lisa Barlow. Yes, I agree on that. I think it was um, sad to see a friendship of like many years go down on flame just because that moment. And But I do believe that Lisa has done everything possible to apologize for that. And now we have John Barlow trying to do the same thing with um, Seth um, Marks. And I'm exhausted. Like, yes. I appreciate the fact that they are supporting Kosha. As we know, he seems to be very um, supportive of Jen Shah. And he doesn't want to to, um, you know, to, I will say not look like he's not a good husband, you know, and every single scene that he's in, you can see that he's struggling as he knows everything that happened behind the scenes. He knows what's happening and he doesn't want to talk about it, but 
his his attitudes, his face, his he, everything, like the way that he's acting on this season, uh, he seems disconnected and from the show. I'm not talking about his relationship with um with Densha. I'm talking about his relationship with the show. Uh, he's not really engaging, but during this scene with the husband, you can tell that he truly appreciated them to be there for him. So uh, good, that was good, but I didn't need a whole ten minute of husbands. Like that scene was nine minutes way too long. Like if they wanted to have the whole John Barlow Seth Mar conversation, they should have just edited it like real quick or like a flashback. I don't need to see it happening in real life. Not at all. That was, I mean, Salt Lake City is. I mean, I'm liking the season uh, as far as, you know, how crazy and feverish Dream feels like. There is something missing. I still feel like Mary is missing. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe with the newbies getting starting to get messy with them now. We know that uh, Jane Shaw doesn't want to invite Dana to the trip because she was talking shit about her or something about and uh, you know something something like that um we know that ngk is uh activated she is involved in the drama she is acting like 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 a good friend of should be like she is playing the game with both sides of the the, the team she was lisa she was jen shah but we are going to see a big change of dynamic because at the beginning ngk started as a friend of jen but she's also a very good friend with lisa so um it seems like as the time goes by she's gonna shift towards just being friend with lisa barlow uh we got the the mid-season um trailer that day and we noticed one particular scene where Jen Shah tosses a whole glass of like champagne on her so maybe that's a hint that their friendship is not going to survive Jen Shah spoke on um up and adam and she seemed to be not friendly at all with Dana and NGK she called them kind of like the background or like the non, the, this melting snowflake or something, or like background with no snowflakes. Uh, she had like a nickname for them. And she was talking specifically of Angie K and uh, Dana. So that's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I need something. I, I need something else from this uh, season. I feel like Salt Lake City hasn't had that moment this season that, kind of gets my attention and it makes me stick and watch it religiously um i need mary or something to happen because it's been eight episodes we're going into episode nine and i feel like there's hasn't had a moment where i'm like holy crap this is good it just it's just okay and a franchise that has been so hyped up and that it has Great, a great cast. I mean, we had Lisa Barlow, who's like really funny. We have Meredith Mark, who has an attitude, like a housewife attitude. We have Jen Shaw going through her, you know, court proceedings and stuff like that. And she's also a great character. Like she is great 
reality TV. She's a r- great reality TV star. Uh, we have Heather Gay. Uh, we have Whitney Rose, who I think is uh, more invested on this season than I've seen her before. Maybe because she's going through her like a spiritual uh, path and getting more involved with the mess with Lisa Barlow and Heather. Also, the fact that she shifted friendship with, uh, um, you know, now being friends with Lisa and not being too friendly with Heather, that kind of caught my attention. And I'm happy that she's doing that because friendships shift. They do change. And when you feel like you are outgrowing your friendship, that's going to happen. You're going you're gonna to find somebody else to be friends with. And we are seeing that process happening between Heather and Whitney. So I'm here for that. That, to me, is uh, the most interesting part of the show. And, I mean, that says a lot about Salt Lake City. But let's be clear. Just because it's missing something doesn't mean the season is not good. I find Salt Lake City to be entertaining entertaining for what it is. Um, it's giving, you know, housewife. You know, rich women having rich women's issues that sometimes don't make any sense. And sometimes they they fake a choir audition just to have a (laughs) storyline. I mean, I'm just saying that. But if you have any take, any opinion on Salt Lake City, leave a comment on the comment section and I'll be reading it. I'll be replying to you. You can leave it on YouTube. You can leave it on Twitter. And I'm pretty sure I'll you know, make sure to get back to you with my take on your opinion. You can also uh, find my website, Martinis with Eddie. That's M-A-R-T-E-A-N-I-S, Martinis with Eddie.com. And you can also send me emails through it and we will chat and we will get all the, the, the good juice from these shows. Now let's go to Potomac because that one was a hardcore episode. That was at Really good episode from start to finish, but a very problematic one, if you ask me. The girls are having a good time in Miami. And Patricia, I'm talking to you directly, Patricia, Peter, please stop getting involved in the women's business. Go hang out with the fellas. And remember, you said on the on the episode that Miami is your city. No, 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 no. Miami belongs to the ladies of Miami. You know, you, you don't have the, the um, I mean, you don't have the, what's it called? Uh, feel the rush. Feel the rush is like the anthem of Miami. And trust me, Miami is not your city. It belongs to the ladies of Miami. That, let's make that clear. But um, during the episode, we got to see a couple of like really um, interesting moments, uh, especially when it came down to... Uh, Mia and Wendy. That was explosive. I was not expecting it to go the way that it went. I was not expecting it to, you know, to end with a physical altercation, even though we knew it was coming. The way that it developed, the way that that episode developed did not give me the, the um, I didn't, I didn't get why it got to that point. Uh, Mia was trying to be messy, obviously, because she she got to the restaurant and straight went to um to Patricia, asking him about 
what is the issue with Wendy? And he shared with her about the restaurant that they're trying to open and how she hasn't replied. But as we saw on the confessional, it seems like Wendy did send a message to him and she was waiting to do a walkthrough of the restaurant. And I completely get that if you want to invest on something, you really want to see what you're investing on. You know, and that's a lot of freaking money. It's not like you're investing in, in a lemonade stand in your local, you know, corner in your neighborhood. You are investing in a whole freaking lounge. And it, the one that seemed not to have communicated with her was uh, Patricia. So for those who don't know, uh, Peter is known as Patricia because he is way too involved in the women's business. And um, that's something that we learn through Nini Leaks. So uh, whenever you hear me talk about Patricia and Potomac, it's actually Peter. So that's that. Then we see, I mean, I'm talking about just the the uh, dinner moment because you know, before that it was just, you know, like really cool moments at the house, you know, nonsense about deodorants and sharing like, um, uh, you know, like uh, razors and stuff that I, it was funny to watch, but uh, the juice, the juice, the juice of the episode was that fight between Wendy and, um, and Mia. And I'm still trying to figure out why Mia got so involved in this fight and why she had to get physical with Wendy by tossing a glass of, I don't know, like water or wine or whatever. I don't know what it was. But that was so unnecessary that at that point, she lost the fight. After that point, there's no excuse to defend what, what Mia did. And yes, Wendy might have said some um, crazy stuff about Mia and Mia's husband, but Mia threw the first rock. And trust me, I mean, no one is not, not going to react. That's just human nature. If you attack me, I'm going to attack back. I'm not just going to sit down and, and take it. At least that's how, how I am, too. Like, yes, Wendy was saying all this stuff, and just after that, she, she, she just wanted to have a reaction from Mia. But no matter what, Mia tossed that glass of wine on her face or water, whatever it was. And then we had Robin who grabbed her phone and started recording the whole fight as she was recording like, you know, like a TMZ moment. And she was saying she wanted to keep the receipt, but, and, and Karen was telling her to stop doing that. And actually too, because it was very disrespectful the way that she was doing it. She wasn't doing it like, um, like she said that she was, she wanted to keep receipt. She was enjoying the moment her like her face was like she was like almost laughing at the whole at the whole whole thing while Mia and Wendy were going at it and almost you know almost getting physical so that was so disrespectful to the parties involved especially to Wendy because obviously 
Robin was calling her like like she was trying to escalate the situation. She was trying to make it even worse when Wendy was the one who got water tossed on her face. And Giselle, out of all the people, the hypocrisy of defending Mia in this situation when she was she has been the one always saying that she doesn't support violence. Back to the Monique and Candy situation. She has said this many times that he doesn't support violence between women and what's not. But here she is supporting the one who became violent in the first place. I'm actually team Wendy. I'm surprised, you guys. I'm very surprised that I'm saying this because I had never been like uh, a fan of Wendy. I'm not a fan of Mia either, you know. But when it comes down to the Potomac. Uh, dynamics. I tend to like them all at some point. Giselle and Robin, not so much. But Wendy and Mia, maybe because um, I don't know. I I I feel like the other ladies give more to the show, or maybe they have been involved in the drama even more than Mia and and, and Wendy. Uh, I, I tend to you know not take side with them much. But on this time. Auntie Wendy, period. She got that glass of water on her face. And it was not Mia's business to get involved between Patricia and Wendy's uh, um, restaurant, whatever lounge uh, adventure that they have. Uh, that was not her place and her time. I don't care if they're like best friends. That is a business transaction. This was not a, a personal disrespect. This was not Wendy being disrespectful to Patricia or his family. This was a business transaction. And it seems like the one trying to steer the pot was Patricia. Because she, I mean, he told when Amia that Wendy did not text him. And it's true. Why would Wendy text Patricia when they are going to Miami for a bis- for a, a, a vacation? Not a business trip. This was a vacation. Right? So why would she text Patricia about them going to Miami? This is not re- that is not related to the to the business that they're trying to, to do together. And she already communicated with him about the walkthrough. So if you ask me, the real villain here is Patricia. And Mia just took the bait and went with it. And now she looks like, like a crazy person to me for doing what she did. That's that's pretty much what happened. And now we see in the uh, upcoming episode, I saw a preview where Wendy packed her stuff and goes uh, to a hotel I will do the same thing too. I will not stay in a house in a place that is hosted by somebody who attacked me. That is just what happened. And um, also we see uh, Karen asking her to come to the beach party they're having for her birthday. Rightfully so because that's her friend. And Mia has to deal with it. Like it or not. Wendy will be there and I want to see what happened. Um, 
I'm really looking forward to the conversation during the reunion. I agree that Andy is not the right person to have this conversation on the reunion because this is deeper than just a reality TV moment. And he has he has he doesn't have the experience for it. Uh, he doesn't have uh, you know he doesn't know how to handle that type of conversation. So I hope that uh, somebody else like Zewe, perhaps that's my first choice. And I hope one day she uh, hosts the reunion. You know, do it. They need another black woman to to do the conversation. That needs to be done. Uh, that we had seen happening. Uh, this situation has been happening for a long time, and I'm happy that Wendy actually, you know, told them uh, told them right in front of everybody that she is the first black woman to be a professor at that university. Just because uh, I always feel like when it comes down to her achievement as a uh, as a black woman, they don't take her seriously. And honestly, her achievement is way above than Robin having. Uh, a bedazzle cop business. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. So it's good that she she said that on the table, at the table in Miami. Did she she she's right? She is a boss for that reason, and they have to respect that too. That I mean, every single one of those ladies have achieved something in life. So um, when it comes down to Wendy, it seems like they they take that achievement, which is a huge achievement, as like it's nothing. I'm 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 noticing that even more and more and more often. Um, now that I pay attention to Wendy more because of what happened last night, um, I mean on Sunday night. <sighs> but like I said, like uh, the reunion is going to be interesting and I hope Andy decides to give this to somebody else. This conversation needs to be done by another black woman, period. <sighs> that was Potomac and we'll be talking about the next episode next week. But now we're going to end my uh, my show with um, a little conversation of family karma. And for those who haven't watched this show, you guys, you guys need to go watch it. It's absolutely amazing. And it truly represents what a reality TV show is all about. True friendships, true family dynamics, true drama. And the way they, they go about the drama, it's so organic and real because they know each other for such a long time. Um, it's hard to fake friendship just for the sake of TV, you know, they feel authentic. And that's the case of um, Family Karma. It's a very authentic show because their friendships are real. Like, they were friends that they were, like, three years old. Their families know each other even way before they moved to America. So, it's to me, it's it represents such a beautiful uh, show. And I hope people are watching we just went through, you know, Vishal's wedding. And we are getting ready for another wedding. It's in this one makes me even more excited because it's a gay wedding. There was a particular scene on Sunday's episode. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at my notes. So because I want to make sure that I, you know. I give you all the information because it's a very important information. You know, Enred and uh, Nicholas, they're getting married. And Nicholas, 
share with Enver's, you know, family that he's so excited that his family is coming. Uh, they are evangelical, so they're very conservative. It's a, you know, we all know how religion has, you know, separated families, especially when it comes to the LGBTQI community. So I know that feeling pretty well. I understand how uh, Nicholas feel, at least in the scene, um, because I went through that part too. Uh, when I first came out, my, my mother and I didn't speak for almost five years. So, um, and my mother came to my wedding when I, um, uh, married my husband. So, uh, we had, we had this like shift of uh, dynamics and, you know, uh, before we were so closed for five years, we didn't even speak because my mom didn't know how to, how to process having a gay son. But then when she finally found that light in that voice, we became closer and having her on my wedding was one of the most memorable things in my life. Um, as you can hear, I have an accent. I am a Spaniard. Uh, my mom is Colombian, so um, her English is not that great. So at the at the reset at the wedding, um, when I was giving my speech on our dinner, um, I I I told my you know, my friends and, and all my colleagues that were there and my husband's family in English, I'm going to speak to my mother now. And I spoke to her directly in Spanish. I obviously translate what I was saying to people who were present. Um, I think my mom was the only one who spoke fluently Spanish. Um, so um, I see that on Family Karma, especially this last episode when Nicola was sharing that experience too. Uh, it touched me, you know, uh, it, it was a moment that I, I was crying watching that scene. And I and I really want people to watch it because um, not only that, the, 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 the scene... Um, was so uh it hit really close to home but when you know when Anred and Nicholas are showing you know Amber's parents their new apartment the new place how excited they are and how welcoming Amber's parents are of Nicholas it's just such a beautiful thing to watch because as an as a gay man it, it shows that um that you know, it gets better and there's family members, their family dynamics that are going to be open and and very welcoming. And and even Andrew had say, like saying it too, like, you know, in the Indian culture, it's also very like front upon, you know, being openly gay. So the fact that his parents are so welcoming and so so loving of him is just so beautiful. Um it it's truly, truly a great conversation to have on national TV, especially on, on these days. We saw what happened in Colorado. It's, it still hit home. The, we we can even have a, a you know peace in our lives without going to a place and and not feel like in any moment somebody's gonna come in and try to hurt us just because the the who we are, you know. So watching and uh, such a beautiful TV show. Uh, family karma this type of conversation is just so refreshing and i'm just hoping that you guys are watching it i'm hoping that you guys uh give it a chance we saw Bishal's and Richard's wedding in mexico in the previous two episodes and how beautiful that was and how uh culturally culturally rich that was and how much i learned about the um the indian culture when it comes to weddings and the process and the details beautiful 
I think one, I still think that it was one of the most beautiful weddings on Bravo TV ever. So if you, if you haven't watched Family Karma, go watch it. Uh, it's an easy watch. The previous seasons are like eight to nine episodes. So, so fun. Great, great, great cast. I love them all. Uh, I met them re- briefly at BravoCon. Amazing people, beautiful people. I mean, you, when I met them in person, they were stunning, all of them. Um, and I'm so excited that on this season, we get two weddings, and one of those weddings is a gay wedding. So um, that is my take on the last episode of Family Karma. I think there's more uh, drama and there's more to it. But I wanted to focus on that particular scene because uh, as a gay man, it meant a lot to me. And I hope you guys watch it and um, either as a LGBTQIA you know, member or um, or an ally, you know, and, and you see how we struggle. Still, we still struggle trying to find, um, you know, that voice to and and that strength, especially when it comes to the family, you know, no matter what, family is always going to be family. Um, Nicholas actually commented on a post that I made, I made on my Instagram, and I want to list, I want to you know read verbatim what he said because it was a very touching comment. I uh, let me show you the the I posted on Twitter that this scene hits way too close to home. I know how you feel, Nicholas. I love them all so much. Hashtag Family Karma. Uh, I posted that also on my on my Instagram. And Nicholas, he replied to my post on, on, on Instagram. He said, it's not always been the easiest path, but it's the one I forget. Enred and I are in a great place with my parents. I'm truly thankful. And I almost cried reading that comment. Because I know how it feels. So... We'll watch Family Karma. Don't miss out. There are way, way too many great TV shows on Bravo TV that are not housewives. The people are not watching because it maybe is not about rich women. But go watch Family Karma. Please, I'm begging you because it's a great show. You will not be disappointed. Um... That was it for today, besties. I hope you liked the the little recap that I just gave you, a little tea. We spilled a little tea. Um, Obviously, there's new episode tomorrow of Salt Lake City. On Thursday, we have Winter House. On Sunday, we have Family Karma and Potomac. And um, there's new shows coming to Bravo. Um, There is... uh, We have Southern Hospitality that is a a spinoff of... Southern Charm. Uh, we have also the uh, Love with No Boundaries. I will say, let me find the name. Uh, we also have the 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 um, new season of Million Dollar Listing. Um, we have also um, the ladies of Miami are coming back and. Um, yeah, it's going to be a busy winter for Bravo TV, uh, Bravo Holics. 
this season. Uh, yes, Love Without Boundaries. It's premiering on uh, November. Hold on. I want to give you the information. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you the date. I'm sorry, you guys. I should have been more prepared. But uh, that's what happens when you go live. <laughs> uh, premiere, premiere date. Here we go. The premiere date is November 30th on 9 p.m. Eastern time. And that's it, you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the, the chitty chat. And uh, we'll be back this week with more recaps. On Friday, I have the Bears from Salt Lake City. Yes. The people in charge of the choir are coming to my podcast. And we will be talking about all things Salt Lake City because they are very close to the Salt Lake City ladies. And it's going to be a fun, fun, fun podcast. So, uh, thank you guys. I will see you guys this week sometime and on Friday for the guests, which you guys are going to love. Bye, besties. <laughs>